All right, so we are back here. We got MLB Talk, me and Bobby, and our special guest, Bo Sheck. Bo is a big guy on Yankees Twitter. A lot of talk with him, a lot of great conversations. We were talking about some analytics, an interesting theory he has that the Yankees should attack their starting pitching, a little bit of the shortcomings the Yankees have gone through, and we're going to preview the World Series as well, of course. Astros do not get the job done, thankfully. They almost do the unthinkable, but Tampa Bay holds them off. The Dodgers come back from three games to one. So we got two game series that went seven games, and now Dodgers raising the World Series. But, Bo, what's up? Hey, guys. Hey, Julian. Hey, Bobby. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for coming on, man. We talk about Yankees. We get to talk about Yankees for 2021. We get to turn the corner after four oh. years of losing. We lose 2017. We lose 2018. We lose yeah, 2019. Oh. We lose 20, 2020. It's time to turn the corner, and it's time to think about how the Yankees are going to get 28 in 2021. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. It's been four years of heartache. 2017 was a feel-good story. 2018, the Red Sox drop us. Last year, we don't need to go through, and then this year, just just a mess. Yeah, it's been a disaster from the onset. Um, this year, actually, was only because of the COVID where everything was shut down, which I actually thought to be fair to Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone didn't have as great a year. I thought it was just very hard to sort of try to navigate through the season. I think it's not even fair That's to judge fair. them. I think it's not fair to judge them off 162 as opposed to what they have to deal with now. What yeah. do you think about that? I, I could get that. I just didn't – me and Bobby struggled with a lot of Boone's decisions. We didn't like the game two decision, which we'll get to more, obviously. But, you know, it was a weird season to evaluate things. Like, Gary Sanchez, is he really that bad? I don't know. But that was a terrible showing, obviously. Same thing with Mike Talkman and a bunch of other guys at disappointing seasons. But they're still got to play. They got to do the best. Like, it's their job, obviously. Even The circumstances were weird. But the Yankees team was good enough to win. They didn't get it done again, though. The Yankees are good enough to win, but I think the biggest concern for the Yankee land, and the Yankee fans are finding out about this right now, is that Hal Steinbrenner is going to try to drop $50 million off the salary cap because he's going to try to set under the salary cap luxury threshold. Should I explain exactly how that works? Yeah, we could go through it. I know it's like the 210 is the number everyone's eyeing right now. Last year we were over 240, and I know they want to reset it a little bit, especially with all the losses they've taken to the COVID, which I think is another big part of this, unfortunately. But the biggest question is, will DJ Omega fit under his new budget? So the Yankees actually were at 260, not 240. They were at 260. Oh, Ellsbury, that's right, Ellsbury. Getting them under that, yeah, they got to get Ellsbury. They're getting Ellsbury off books and all that um getting dj back is i think a main concern i think he was the cog running the or whatever the yankees needed he was the best he's obviously been the mvp for the yankees for 2019 and 2020 and the yankees have to find a way to get him back they're not going to get him back on the short term deal that they got him this time this time they're also going to have stiff competition i yeah. think I, I, um, in my opinion, I think the Yankees to go, to be successful and get us over the hump. That may one main thing we do after I think bringing DJ back is priority number one. I think that if we can go get another starter, I know it's going to be tough, but if a Trevor Bauer, if we can sway him and the money is there, I think we have to do it. But, Bo, what you said 
earlier as well about the Yankees needing to get some more bats that can hit breaking balls. That That's a vital piece to our success. Yeah, Bobby, yeah. And going back on that, if the Yankees do not get DJ LeMayo, the Yankees have a major void in their lineup of hitting breaking balls since DJ was the best at hitting all different kinds of pitches. With, you know, he hit it, he hit it all over the place. And he hit it hard. DJ, you know, DJ was hitting the ball all over the place with all different kinds of pitches. So if he, he leaves, then that's a problem. I think as pertains to Hal, I think Hal has a very, very, very easy offseason. And he has a very simple offseason. And here's what I think. If the if the Yankees don't sign DJ LeMayo, I think that's, that the fan base will erupt. 90% of the fan base, 90% of the fan base, will not be excited no matter what happens. Even if the Yankees sign Bauer, but if they lose D.J. LeMayo, I think 90% of the fan base won't be happy. If the Yankees do sign D.J. LeMayo, I think that regardless of what they do, the rest, I think 90% of the fan base will be happy. So I think that it's an easy, easy off-season decision for Hal Steinbrenner. It's, it's just a basic, are you going to let D.J. walk or are you not going to let D.J. walk? which would keep most of the fan base happy. Like I said, a lot of people are, let's say, looking at Bauer. But like I was saying about Bauer, let's assume that the Yankees are $40 million off of $210 million. So if they sign Bauer, that means no DJ LeMay, that means no other starters, that means no other relievers, that means no other help in other areas, no catchers, no shortstops, no nothing. He's going to be filling it up everything. And I also think with Bauer, I think we're looking at, let's say, the Mets or the Angels or other teams are going to, they could sign Bauer and have more room, and they have more of a need for Bauer. The Yankees have their ace, and the Yankees, and, and the Yankees, like I said, the Yankees have limited amounts of money that they can spend towards this offseason and spending it all in one spot. You know, like, like your mother always said, like, you know, she gave you money, don't put it all in one place. Putting all your eggs in, in the Bauer basket is not necessarily the best way to go my opinion yeah we like trevor but we understand the fallbacks especially with the limited budget i mean we really want bauer but they're going to be a two town see how that's happening even if they shed a bunch of salary with creative trades and bring back dj it's basically impossible so that's not great news but maybe they can round out the roster better we were also talking about the lefties. Me and Bobby have been harping on this for years. No lefties in this lineup still, really, except Hicks and Gardner. It's a problem. You know, Ford and Wade aren't really it. Talkman disappointing as much as we like him. Um, who are some guys on the market? You think the Yankees will actually entertain some lefties and finally switch it up, or you think we'll just stick with the righties? So, interestingly enough, the Yankees believe in the lefty-righty matchups. This is not me saying it as my opinion. This is a fact. Because Aaron Boone went to the hole. The game two disaster of, of starting with Debbie Garcia and going on to half boiled down to lefty-righty matchups. Aaron Boone said that. So he believes in lefty-righty matchups. He had Brett Gardner batting number three in the playoffs last year in 2019 because he believes in lefty-righty matchups and lefties breaking up the righty. So he does believe in lefty-righty matchups. Which begs the question, if they believe in lefty-righty matchups, how do you go into a season, how do you go into two seasons, three seasons, with only lefties being Hicks and Gardner? And that's Gardner's another goal? thing. And if they obviously believe in it because Mike Ford was pinch hitting twice for no reason just because he's a lefty right. and no and business batting. They believe in lefty-righty. You just said it, Julian. They believe in lefty-righty enough 
that they brought in Clint Frazier to pinch hit, and even before he came up to bat, they sent Ford in because it was a lefty-righty matchup. That was terrible. Even though, even though in the season, um, Frazier was raking against righty pitchers, as well. So the Yankees clearly believe in lefty-righty matchups, but they don't have anybody with in that. They don't. They didn't have anybody with that. Yeah. I would hope. I would hope that the Yankees spend their assets, the little bit of assets that they have, on trying to get a little bit of balance into the lineup. And by the way, Gardner doesn't hit breaking balls either at all. So no. he cannot be relied upon. And as he gets older, he cannot be relied upon as to be the guy to be the answer. That's what I think. No, we and but, Bobby agree. We've been saying that for like two years. Oh, now. absolutely. 100% agree with that. I think they need to look at Brantley or Stella maybe. I don't think they'll do Brantley because of the outfield situation. Maybe Stella makes some sense. Although if you bring back DJ, the infield gets really crowded. So so here's my thoughts on both. Um, you just actually mentioned the two guys. So yeah. who was Who was it? Wait. I'm sorry, Bo. What did you say? I said with Stella and Brantley, Tommy no. with Stella, Michael Brantley. So you're no, still no, with no. me. You're still with me over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who were you saying, Bo? I heard who I've you said, Jules. I was talking about Bo. Brantley, Bo. I've been coveting over Gardner for since, since the Astros went and signed Brantley. The Yankees went inside Gardner. I complained about that from from the beginning of 2019. And Stella was somebody who I just picked up right now. Both Stella and Brantley are very good in the in, in this. They're both lefties. Another thing they're both amazing at, elite even, is both of them put the bat on the ball. Both mm-hmm. of them are in the top five in all of baseball and not striking out. And I'm sure that would be with having Judge and having Stanton and having Voight and having Sanchez, having those that just struck out a ton, I'm sure that that would be, you know, that would be a welcoming sight for Yankee fans to see guys like Brantley and guys like Lestella, lefties who can, you know, be in there. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I'm totally for it. We need some contact bats. Lefty contact bat should be the top of our list. Bullpen help. I'm sure Bobby agrees with your Yo, thoughts. Oh, absolutely. Bullpen help, definitely. Uh, listen, that's a strength of our team. And this year, I've said this um, a lot this year, and Jules, you've heard me say it. The um, bullpen is supposed to be our, our ace in the hole, and it ended up being our Achilles heel. So the one thing I think we have the guys, we need one more, one more arm that I think could really make us really, really unhittable in that bullpen. And, yeah, getting a lefty bat is something we desperately, desperately need. We can't be right-handed, right-handed hitter heavy. We, we need some uh, a change up in that. But definitely I agree with that 100%. Yeah. As for the bullpen, as for the bullpen, the Yankees unfortunately got injured, but they did not include those two, and the Yankees should have had a very deep bullpen, and it came out to be a tremendous problem, 
And then, of course, the Yankees also had one of the more expensive rotations in baseball. Cole making 30 in the mid-30s, not the making 20, you know, um, Pat making 17, whether we like that or not. Yeah, and, that's a good and point. And wasn't cheap either. And when it boiled down to when it, boiled down to it, you know, when it boiled down to the, the playoffs, the only pitchers that, that Boone trusted was Cole, Chapman and Britain. Yeah, those were the only three. And then Chapman had the battle with so The real problem was two things, and me and Bobby pointed this out. Kaylee getting hurt and not replacing him was a, was a death sentence. When we said at the time, that was just terrible. And then they thought, well, why is he going to replace Kaylee? Somehow that was not going to happen. And Alavino failed us. We paid him $9 million. He didn't do nothing. Right. So Alavino failed the huge, huge, huge concern. And Kainley going down, obviously, every team has injuries. But, again, I would venture to argue like this. With this COVID season, not knowing how the season is going to end and not knowing what's going to happen, I think it's fear for Brian Cashman not to have gone out there and gotten a real difference maker in the pen. Yes, he could have gotten some, you know, reliever who was okay. But to go out there and try to get a difference maker in the pen and then have the guy, you know, fall out to COVID or have the whole season fall out to COVID and he just gave up elite prospects for nothing, I think it's fear for Cashman. I think it's the time of the deadline, and I want to be fear. I want to be fear to Cashman, even though I'm probably one of the biggest critics. I want to be fear to him and say that I'm okay with him being shut out at the deadline. Because the only way, the only people at the deadline, the only players at the deadline you want the Yankees to get were either to fill a, a hole, which I don't think that there really was a hole in the bullpen. They had a holder was good and Cecil was good. And we can talk about Loisic a different time, either to fill a hole or to get, like, let's say, a difference maker. There was only one difference maker, and that was Clevenger. And everything else really was just not available. So I'm going to actually give a pass to Cashman on that end. Yeah, the only reason we don't is because he didn't do it last year either. I know this year was a weird year, but two straight years and you don't win, I just don't like it. But I get it. I understand the reasons for pass. Even if it was just to add depth, I would have liked to see another bullpen guy. Was it going to be someone elite? I guess probably not, especially at the prices. And Clevenger even wasn't even that good because he got banged up too. Right, so with Clevenger, Clevenger is under team control for two years after this year, so that's not 100% to just say, oh, he was ganged up and that's okay. The, per- the player they would have given up for Clevenger was Garcia, who didn't end up pitching in the playoffs anyway. Yeah, I don't like only using him to, in inning either. That's another discussion, too. Yeah, but going back to, let's say, Garcia, going back to the 2019 swing and a miss of Cashman at the deadline, what it boiled down to it is, is that Cashman has to trade his assets when they're high and then and then get rid of them and get difference makers. And he did it amazing in 2017 and 2018. Obviously, 2016, he was amazing at it in the opposite way. Right. Picking up Torres and, and all those guys and picking up Justice Sheffield who turned into Paxton. You know, he did an amazing job in the other way, but he did very well in 2017 and 2018. But 2019, he swung and missed because he didn't want to give up top-tier players. And my problem with that is is that he, the main guy he didn't want to give up was Debbie Garcia. And Daddy Garcia was a non-factor in 2019 and was a non-factor in the 2020 playoffs. That's unacceptable that – this is where I'll agree with you, Julian. That's unacceptable that he swung and missed at both deadlines, and Daddy Garcia so far has been a non-factor, not because he's a non-factor because – oh, he's a non-factor because they didn't play him in the past two postseasons. 
Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand only using him for an inning, and then you let Loisigan have pitch warnings and him overall, which is not a good look. They were terrible. Um, I mean, I would have liked we've said we've went over this decision back and forth. It's it is what it is. It's being a dead horse. I would have liked to see one of them at least start the game in game two. I'm just tired of using the openers. That's like a Tampa Bay Rays thing. I know the Dodgers did it last night too, but their pitchers are a little bit better. Right, and the main difference between the Dodgers that nobody wants to talk about is that the Dodgers have been a championship level team for five years already. Right, and. And as they've been a championship-level team, they've drafted, developed, and brought up and turned into all-star-level pitchers, Dustin May, Gosselin, Gonsolin, and, and Bueller. All three of those players have been drafted after they were already a championship team. So the Yankees can't complain that because they play well, they can't pick up players. Those guys are picked up as the Dodgers were a championship Yeah, and Urias has been really good, too. He's good, too. He was drafted. He was he was signed a while ago. He was good too, and they didn't they didn't trade him away. But he's been good out of the bullpen, so they don't even trust him at all. The bullpen. Yeah. Well, Bobby, what do you think about all this, brother? Uh, I'm going to tell you this. When it comes to talking about the uh, the Dodgers, Bo, I agree with you 100. Uh, percent In my opinion, this year, um, the this World Series, this is it for them. They've been so they have been a level of consistency for the past five years. You're absolutely right. The one thing is in my knock on this too, and, and the thing I see, they're so good and so consistent every year, but they just can't get over that hump. They just can't do it. They get to the World Series, they don't win it. They get to the NLCS one year, they don't win it. This year through everything, through all of this, this year has to be the year for the Los Angeles Dodgers to bring home a championship against a team like the Rays, who are very underrated, I might add. And, Bo, I'll be honest with you. Julian sold me on the Rays. In the beginning of the year, I thought he, I laughed when he said the Rays are good. That tells you how little I knew. And I'm embarrassed to even admit it, man. Uh, the Rays are a very underrated and a very good team. But I think that they, it's a David versus Goliath type of matchup. I think that, obviously, the talent is on the Dodgers. However, I think the Rays do have what it takes to get the upset. We've seen it all year. But I will tell you this. <clears throat> I think this year, I think the, uh, the Dodgers are just going to go into tomorrow night in this series, and you're just going to see them just lights out. I just see, in my opinion, I just see a team that is looking for a championship. It's tired of being a team that just gets there every year. They just can't do it. Like we said earlier, it was like a Buffalo Bills in in the uh, early 90s. Go to the Super Bowl four straight years and just can't bring home the championship. They're trying to get away from that. And I will say this. If the Dodgers lose, I, in my opinion, think Dave Roberts needs to get fired. In my opinion, yeah, I think it. I think if you can't win a World Series like this, I get it. It's a shortened season due to the circumstances, but look at this. This needs to happen for the Dodgers. The Dodgers need this. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I got Dodgers in six. I think the lineup's too good for Tampa Bay. The pitching is obviously a little bit better with Tampa Bay, but the bats are such a big advantage for right. LA. 
I think they're going to be able to string it together. They also have a lot of lefties, which can give Tampa trouble. One thing the Yankees couldn't do, unfortunately. And it's going to be a fun series. I think it's going to be a lot of competitive games. But this is the Dodgers' time. I agree with Bobby. Like, it's really now or never. You've been here. You don't want the Buffalo Bills, like you said. This will be their third in four years. They can't go down again. Short in season or no short in season. They're the better team in Tampa Bay. They got to go out there and beat them. And I think they'll do it in six games. And I think we get a great one tomorrow. With uh, I'm a little bit worried about Kershaw in the playoffs. He's got to get over that hump, especially in the World Series. And then they're going to have glass now. So that's going to be a fun game one. Game two, I believe, is Snell. And then for the Dodgers, probably an opener. Yeah, I could see that. I'll say real quick, I got the Dodgers winning as well. Um, early on in, uh, last week, I did say, I think the Dodgers would sweep them. I'm going to go with Dodgers in five. Um, I do think the Rays get a victory, but I do think that this is the year the Dodgers to win a championship, bring it back to Los Angeles. And literally Dave Roberts job is on the line. And we've seen that all this year. My, I think in my opinion, um, he, this team's playing with a purpose. It's, and I think honestly, Having a player like Mookie Betts at this time right now pays huge dividends. He's been amazing in all those plays in the field. And even Cody Bellinger gets the monkey off his back, finally hits the big postseason home. Really Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a big thing for them too. But, Bo, what are your thoughts on the World Series? Who do you got? So, my thoughts on the World Series, going back to the Dodgers, uh, you guys have been – you guys were – you guys are right on. I would love to – I would love to say that I argue with you in any which way. But I don't, there's no way, I see there's no way that the Rays win this World Series. The Dodgers have the biggest advantage in, in a World Series is in this, in matchup to matchup, is the Dodgers lineup is just head and shoulders better than, than, the, Dod- than the Rays lineup. Oh, yeah. It's not, close. it's not even close. It's ridiculous. And also, I'm going to also piggyback off of what Julian said, is that they you know, the Dodgers have Seager, and they have Muncy, and they have Bellinger, and they have Peterson. All of those three are lefties. So you have Glass now and Morton are, gonna, are not going to have the same easy time plowing through those lineups with, the, with those lefties. And those aren't just lefties. Those are, and, and I even mentioned Beth and Turner. You know, those are lefties who are pretty darn good, and they're going to make it a lot harder for the Dodgers. As for the Dodgers, this is going to be – they are going to win the World Series. They will. And the reason why they're going to win the World Series is because they've never had a matchup this easy. The Rays, Agreed. Agreed. The Rays have, been, have gone to the World Series this year based on the home run, the strikeout, and great pitching. I mean, they'll hit the home run, they'll play the good defense, but home runs or a couple of runs. You can hit a home run off of anybody. Mike Sedino can hit a home run off of anybody. The problem is, is that the Dodgers lineup is going to score four or five runs a game easily based on how deep it is. That's the difference, and that's why I think that – so they got past – the Rays got past the Astros, which is not a good pitching, but the Dodgers are deep all the way across, and the Dodgers will win. And I agree with Bobby on the last point, that if Dave Roberts loses, then he should be fired. And the reason mm-hmm. I'm going to go a step further with, with Bobby is saying the only way – I believe the only way the Rays win, the only way the Rays win is if Kevin Cash badly outmanages oh, yeah. Dave Roberts. That's the only possible avenue that they could win. It's possible. Don't completely rule it out. (laughs) No, it's not possible for them. If they do win, it's going to take them. (laughs) No, I'm saying cash out, man, and Roberts is possible. Go bet. Go bet on this one. If the 
the Rays win, it's going to be because it's because Kevin Cash and the analytics crew that out took out the Dodgers. That's what it is. And yes, they would have to be fired from top to bottom. If you look, go go through the Dodgers lineup. That's just better than anybody in the Rays lineup. Seager's better than anybody in the Rays lineup. Turner, Muncy, Bellinger. You know, those guys are all much better than anybody in the Rays lineup. And it's not like the, and it's very different than the Yankees, who only could rely on two pitchers, and everybody else got destroyed. No, they have a lot of pitchers, the Rays, and they're going to use them. They're not as good as, I mean, I'm sorry, the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a lot of pitchers. The Dodgers is pitching. The Dodgers pitching is hands down much better than the Yankees pitching and should be good enough to win in six. I'm not going to be as gutsy as Bobby and say five. Yeah, I think six too because Tampa Bay's pitching could steal two games. That's the only reason, only way Tampa wins if their pitchers are lights out because their hitters don't have it really. Rosarina is a great story and he's phenomenal, but he can only do so much and he's due to cool off. I've been saying this, like he can't continue like that as much as he's been playing. Like it's not going to hold up. And if he goes – then what do they really have? Lau's been terrible. He needs to get going. Meadows is a platoon player now. He's not right. So what else do they really have? Choi, we know what he is when he's not facing Cole, although he did show up a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, and they haven't been hitting good either. They're hitting like 200 in the playoffs. They're just getting a few homers, like you said. It's a few homers. Yeah, they're just relying on the home run to – relying on the home run. You know, like I said, Zanino can homer off of anybody, no matter how good they are. Zanino will strike out 10 at bats, but hit the home run on the last one. Just like Gary. Just like Gary. (laughs) He's going to go with Gary. Yeah, so we're all on board with the Dodgers here. But what was your theory you had about the Yankees pitching, how they should do it if they let everyone walk, how they should do the rotation next year? So on to the 2021 offseason. The 2021 offseason a little problem for the Yankees. The problem for the Yankees, in my opinion, is that the Yankees only had three pitchers that they could trust in October. And you be and in order to get to October, you have to have pitching to get to October. Now, pitching is very expensive. Everybody just says, generally speaking, I'm a big fan of pitching, 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 and you don't pay batters. The problem is, is that to get from three pitchers you trust to let's say even seven pitchers you trust, it's going to cost you tens of millions, tens of millions a year. And that's not cheap. So my, my thought process was is that I would create a new kind of pitching theory. Generally speaking, across baseball, the stats have been proven that when a pitcher goes through the order one time and two times, he's good. And when the starting pitcher goes starts going through the order the third time, his numbers start dropping. So... The thought is, is that when you have, and you see across the playoffs, you see the Yankees doing this with Tanaka. You saw the Yankees do this with Montgomery. You see the Yankees, you saw the Yankees do this with, with even with Cole going through the fourth order. You see the Yankees being very careful about, about through the order, through the order, and you hear this going on. My thought process is like that. How about with two stars out of the five stars, you do two starters on top of each other. So you create two starters that are going to be full ready to go. And then in those days, one pitcher pitches two times through the order, and then the next pitcher picks them up and finishes the game and saves the bullpen. And and that way you only have two pitchers pitching in one game. And it sort of saves the bullpen. And each pitcher, each starter, is at their max strength only pitching two times through the order. The pitchers that I would do this to are Herman and Montgomery. 
I checked the stats. Herman and Montgomery have been pretty solid two times through the order, and both of them have fallen off terribly um, after that. If you remember with Herman, Herman always has the bad fifth inning. I'm sure you guys remember that. It's always yeah. the bad fifth inning or the bad sixth inning. Like he, he looks like he's about to throw a no-hitter, and all of a sudden he's looking terrible. And with Montgomery, Montgomery never makes it to the fifth inning even or the sixth inning. He just throws a lot of pitches, and then, and then, but, and then as it gets on, he looks lost. So the way I would do it is, is let's say the day after Cole pitches, or let's say the game three, I would have Herman pitch, and Herman would be followed up by, let's say, Schmidt. So Herman would go two times through the order, and Schmidt would pick him up and finish the rest of the game. And then, get, and then the fifth, fifth time through the order, right before Cole pitches, I would have Montgomery pitch, and then I would have, let's say, Nelson, or let's say, Mike Kane finish up through the order. So what that really does is, instead of paying a pitcher, um, $10 million, which is pretty much what it's going to cost a year to get any any pitcher, is basically going to cost $10 million. Instead of doing that, you have Herman, Montgomery, and Schmidt, and Nelson. All of them are making the minimum, and all of them will be pitching in two games. And that, that way you'll be saving a ton of money, and hopefully this way it could work better. But when it comes to October, you know, you'll go back to only, only pitching the arms that you trust. That's, that's really what it is. Absolutely. Yep. I love that insight, Bo. Great. Um, you know, a lot of things need – there's – anything is possible. Anything could happen. So definitely have to keep that into account, definitely. Yeah, Bo. So when you employ this theory, like, it does make sense because, like, the two times through the order and everything. But what relief pitchers in the Yankees can pick up to help implement this? They're going to need to change that bullpen. What are some realistic options on the market or in the trade world that you can see the Yankees going through? So, interestingly enough, my theory, my theory, according to my theory, I want the Yankees to stand pat. The Yankees are actually – Listen to this, um, Bobby, and the Yankees actually have never had this much pitching on the AAA and AA level. The Yankees have never had this much young pitching. The Yankees just have to do what the Rays did, which is trust them. Cashman has never been good at getting pitchers. He's never been good at it. But finally, the Yankees have developed an, an, a lot of arms. I'm not saying that any of them are going to develop, not in one. But at a certain point, if you want to keep, if you want to keep this Yankees going that they're making the playoffs and they're making championship pushes at a certain point you got to give the guys a chance you got to give the guys a chance you got to let the kids step up and you have to stop paying like I said the Yankees had the most expensive rotation and the Yankees had the most expensive bullpen and at a certain point especially with the bullpen you can't keep on putting on another 10 million dollar guy the Yankees already had the most expensive bullpen by far in baseball I would say the Yankees even have to subtract one of their big arms, especially trying to get close to the 210. I can't see the Yankees. I cannot see the Yankees adding in the bullpen. I just can't because they're already the most expensive. And if they're dropping $50 million off the payroll, I can't see them dropping $50 million plus adding to the most expensive rotation in baseball um, bullpen. Well, the, starters, yeah. the only thing is, like, how do you fix all the holes we had last year then just internally? So the holes the Yan- the holes the Yankees had in the in the bullpen, Holder and Sessa actually were pretty solid. Holder and Sessa were pretty solid, but nobody but they weren't given a chance. I know it's it's you know it's in it's in vogue 
to make fun of Sessa and Holder. But they were pretty solid last year. They were not bad. And I think they need to be given a, a bigger chance. That's A. I'm a big Johnny Loizaga fan. I am a huge fan. He's been a, he was atrocious this year. I'm a huge fan of him. He also needs to be given a chance in the bullpen, I think. Then we're, we're talking about Nelson. We're talking about Schmidt. We're talking about King. We're talking about Abreu, Medina, Gill, Yahure, Kripsky. I, I have it all in front of me. I'm, my memory is not that good. The Yankees have a ton of, ton of, ton of arms. And at a certain point, you have to trust them and hope that they can do quantity over quality and finally get the bullpen going. That's what I think. As for the starters, here's the starters the Yankees can go after. Some arms like a Taewon Walker or a Tyler Chatwood or Kevin Gossman, all those guys who will come cheap and will be cheaper than a Tanaka or even a Paxton. But those guys aren't going to be too cheap either. And they're also, like, we know what, what these guys are, like the Robbie Rays and the Taiwan Walkers. You know, Cashman loves these high guys, you know, these these kinds of guys. But they're not cheap either. They're also going to get between 7 and $10 million. Yeah, I think so Gausman would be a nice fit. But like you said, it depends what they're really trying to do with that payroll and stuff. It doesn't look like they're going to be upping it by any means. It's going to be tough to see what happens. I think a trade piece can make sense. Maybe a hater. It's going to cost a lot, but he doesn't make that much, I think. How much will hater be making if we got him, like, 6-4? I, I think he has to go through arbitration. But I just think they need someone else to help because, like, it's only three guys, really. Because Alvino might not be the answer anymore. I don't know. At least six million in arbitration. He's gonna another three years. He's gonna be under three more years of control. Twenty one, twenty two, and twenty three. He's gonna be making about six million. Problem with Hader is he's gonna be super expensive, super super expensive, and he's gonna be super expensive for the Yankees to acquire him. So that's not that's not cheap either. It's not cheap for the Yankees acquiring assets. And what it boils down to also is that. The Yankees in the last, in 2019 and 2020, haven't really brought up any prospects. I mean, we're used to in 2016, 2017, and 2018, the Yankees bringing up players and the players becoming good. Severino, um, Dutch, Sanchez, Glaber, and Duhar. You now, we're used to this. We're used yeah. to them coming up yearly. The Yankees haven't brought up anybody in 2019 and 2020. No. It really happened. Well, Garcia, I guess, would be the only one. But has Garcia, has Garcia been good? No, Garcia's been a cup of coffee. Yeah. He hasn't really, we don't know if he's going to be good. I mean, right. we love it if he's good. But that's the last person they brought up. Point is, the Yankees have to, Yankees have a, it's a very, it's very hard for the Yankees to try to be good in, let's say, 2024 or 2023, when after, you know, they have to pay all the players like Judge and all that kind of players and Voight. Yeah, that's another thing that's bothering me. Our window seems to be slipping. The players getting older. Like, if they don't do it next year, when's it going to happen? That's where my head's at. Like, I mean, it's going to be – that'll be five years of failure at that point. You can't have that. They bet next year it has to be make or break. We've been saying it for years, but next year, like, really has to be it. So that's my – that I would agree with you to some extent, and here's where I'm going to disagree. 
I don't want the Yankees going all in next year because we're because for a couple of reasons. If they go in all in next year and they do it through the payroll, which they go up to let's say you know they keep their payroll at two sixty even two fifty, then yeah for sure go all in next year. Sign Bauer, sign DJ, and 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 get everybody you want. You know what I mean? You can do that with that eighty million coming off the books. You can get Bauer and DJ and and get adequate bullpen help. You can do all that if you're staying at two fifty. If you go to 210, then you're not going to be able to get help. The only way right. you're going to be able to get help is through trading valuable assets. I've heard the talk about people trading Voight, people mm-hmm. trading Torres. To me, there's three players that are basically off the off the table. And that is Urshela, that is Torres, and that is Voight. Every other player on the Yankees are getting old, and they're going to get expensive soon. Those players are all young younger and they're inexpensive for the next couple of years yeah i even saw someone mention the thoughts of trade judge which i think would be crazy but i I guess i would understand in a way but like oh man that would that would be a tough one i'm not a fan of trading judge for the simple reason of i'm a fan of selling high and buying low you're not getting for judge what you would get for judge so why why do it what's the point like Mm. we're in the middle of a championship run over here why trade him what's the point I know it's really crazy, Bobby. What are your thoughts on everything? I I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, when it comes to yeah, it's just a very uh, sticky situation. Yeah, we need to figure out a way, and just need all in all, everything just needs to be better for us to get to the next level. We've we've been there with the pieces we've had. And you know what? The right building block was getting an, an ace like Garrett Cole pitched his heart out. But the next piece is just building around that and just getting continuity and consistency all throughout a season. And that's what will separate us and get us back to where we belong in the World Series. For sure. Garrett Cole was a great signing. Great, great signing. Al stepped up and paid the dough. And Without Derek Cole, the Yankees would have looked pathetic in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. It's just curious that they want to cut now after spending all that money to sign him. But I guess it's because of the COVID world. Do you think if there wasn't COVID, they would still be doing this cut? Or do you think they'd be more willing to spend? Do you think that's not? Do you think that's playing in at all? Or do you think it's a non-factor? Non-factor. Interesting. How Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner brought up COVID as a cover. He brought COVID as a cover. I can see it. To warn, warn the fan base that he's about to drop the salary. I can see but, it. But yeah, he can. I can see it also. But in again, in 2018, 2018, one of one of the bigger years of the Yankees championship run, the Yankees also dropped below the salary cap. Do you remember when they traded Stanton? The only way they traded for Stanton was what to take. Was was when they was when they took Stalin Castro. Right, it wasn't that big of a hit because the Marlins paid for some of it too. So it's not like what people thought it was. Now we're getting sad with all of it because the Marlins only pay like five or something a year. Maybe I don't know if I'm right with that. Maybe something around there. But yeah, I just the Marlins are paying three a year. Okay, the Marlins are paying three a year. But the point was is that to get to get to get Castro all off the books in one shot would sort of be like let's say the Yankees trading Ottavino now. It'd be very similar. The Yankees would be. It's not that like Santa is making two hundred million dollars, but but moving Ottavino off the books 
means that let's say for 2021, you would be minusing $10 million off the Yankee salary cap, which would be a huge help if the Yankees were able to get rid of Adovino. Yeah. Is there any way you could actually see that happening? You think they will get rid of him? I think that the Yankees are going to have to move either Chapman, Britton, or Adovino. Like I said, I don't think the Yankees can stay under 210 and afford to have the most expensive bullpen in baseball. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, obviously, we'd all like to see Otto go. Could Chapman be a low-key trade candidate? I've heard a lot of noise since he gave up the back-to-back wins after the last two years, basically. He makes a lot of money, though. Would it, what would a trade – do you think a team would even give us assets for him with that salary? I'm sure it's 17 a year. Britain shouldn't be going anywhere. Um, I think it comes down to either those two looking for a trade. Trading Chapman and scapegoating Chapman, I think, is a little bit reactionary. I think so, too. I, would I, wouldn't, to, I wouldn't do it. Right. I, I would love to trade Chapman. I, again, I think he's, yeah, he's definitely choked and he's definitely unlikable right now in my books. But at the end of the day, he's given, he's given seven outs to try to hold on to a 1-1 one, one, one game. You know, the, the bats were the problem in that game. Yeah. And, you know, the year before, yes, he did give up the big home run to Tatuve. It's it's not very simple. It's very easy just to point the blame at Chapman and say he's bad. Let's minus his money off the books. But if you have a pen that the eighth, ninth inning is out of Eno Britain versus, versus an, a pen where the eighth, ninth inning is Britain Chapman, that's not even a comparison. And you just have to look at it, you know, without your, without the emotional, which the same thing goes back to Tanaka. If you take out the emotions and you look at Tanaka, he's a mediocre pitcher. Yeah. I'm look at his stats for you real quick. He's basically a four ERA the last four years. I've looked at them too, I know. I mean, and especially with the two does this year, I would bring him back on a cheap deal, but I would be cautious with him. I do – if you let him walk, it's going to get dicey. But, Bobby, do you think we should bring back Tanaka? You know what? Um, from what I've seen, we've all seen the good Tanaka. We've seen the bad Tanaka. Um, in my opinion, I think the good outweighs the bad, and I definitely think the Yankees should bring him back, especially because we know what he could give us. Uh, he could be extremely dominant. I think that he's, been, he's a fan favorite. I think he does give us a, big, a great opportunity to win. And let's face it, we don't want to see somebody like Mashiro Tanaka on another team. I think that it would be foolish to let Tanaka go. That's my opinion. I think he, I think the Yankees should definitely try to keep him. Yeah, I mean, he's good depth, but you can't have him being your two guy anymore. Like, they got to add some more if they keep him. The problem is the financial stuff. But if I've heard before the season that he would be open to taking a team-friendly deal to return. He doesn't want to pitch for anyone else. I've heard rumors about going back to Japan. I don't know if that's true or people are just talking. But it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Masa. Definitely, definitely will. Again, let's assume the Yankees have $30 million left. And with all the holes that they now have with their team, again, no DJ. DJ is not a Yankee. Yeah, we right got to get him back. Yeah, you can't count DJ as a Yankee. Right. Do you want to be spending? Do you want to be spending thirty-three percent of? Do you want to be spending ten million of that thirty million on Tanaka? Do you think that that's the way to get to the championship? If, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't think so. I wouldn't take I Tanaka over so. DJ. There's no way I would do that. To be honest, I don't think so. To be honest, even let's say if the Yankees signed Didi to a one-year, ten million dollar deal, I mean, theoretically that's not happening. But even if that would happen, I think Didi, I think Didi would actually be a better 
fit for the Yankees right now than trying to bring back Tanaka and hope that he's going to Do you think there's any season. shot the Yankees go down that rabbit hole? Or do you think they move Torres off short to kind of get him back to second? If they don't re-sign D- DJ, things get interesting. If they re-sign him, it's going to be tough to move Torres off shortstop. Right. So, like, all the, all the analytics people are all jumping all aboard. Uh, Angelton Simmons with the defense and with the yeah. defense and all that. Or or Lestella and, and, and keeping what's-his-name as short Torres at short. Like, uh, my thoughts is, is that it's a no-brainer for Hal to re-sign, to re-sign DJ. It's a no-brainer. Most of, most Yankee fans will be happy if Hal is, re- is brought back. If, sorry. Most Yankee fans will be happy if DJ is brought back, and I think that's just a pretty simple. If you don't bring back DJ and you bring in you bring in Andrelson Simmons, I think Yankee fans will not be pleased. So I don't know if that's the way to go. As yeah. for Sanchez, as for Sanchez at shortstop, Sanchez in the seven playoff games that was on base seventeen times. He is he had a great playoffs. He's on base seventeen times. Now the thing with with Torres is, and the reason why I would let Torres stay at shortstop this year is because the next following offseason, not this one, there's Story, there's Baez, there's Lindor, there's Seager, mm-hmm. and I'm forgetting one more. There's, there's another um, one. Correa, who we don't want to really and speak Correa, about on this yeah, podcast. Whatever. but <laughs> I, I should have forgot him. Maybe I should have forgot him. <laughs> I think, but here's the thing. How many of those guys actually see free agency? I can see Story and Lindor getting traded before they even hit free agency if those teams were smart. You're right, and then I can see the team that trades for him to what the Dodgers did with Betts, which is sign him up and not let them hit free agents. Right, yeah. However, but do you think if so they many, if they do went that route, they kept DJ and then Torres is short, who would they would Voy have to go at that point when you get the new shortstop? Because Voy or Shell would have to go in theory. So at that point, there's, there's other options. With there's other options to it. First of all, that's we're talking about next year. I don't want to talk about next year. Yeah, it's a little far. Yeah, it's a little far. No, 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 no. My thought process <laughs> this year, I'll tell you what the pitfalls with that is. My thought process with this year is stay with Torres at short, let him play another year, and see what if he thinks. In the full season. Give him the full season. Running. Okay, yeah. All right. I the can reason, get behind that. The reason, why, the reason why I don't want to look a year ahead is because last year we thought that Thompson could step in and be an everyday outfielder. Now we barely look at him like a fifth outfielder, right? A lot changes over the year. Last year we thought that Gary Sanchez is, you know, is a basically an all-star catcher. Now it's a question: Will the Yankees even cut him, or the Yankees trade him to try to save six million? That's a total. That's a very big possibility. Yeah. Is Gary Sanchez worth six million if he not he's right able now. to start in the playoffs? Not right not now. Playoffs? I don't know. I don't know. So, like, I don't want to look a year in advance. What I want to do is I want to keep – I want to – my thought process in general is when off-season to off-season is I want to keep the Yankees core the way it is and then try to stick in pieces that doesn't kill the Yankees long-term and then sort of go like that, like pop in pieces that the Yankees – that is a problem. Let's say, like, for example, Stanton. That's not a person who the Yankees put in and and is like a short-term answer. Stanton is left field, or he's clogging up the DH for the next 10 years. The problem with Stanton, let's say, is that Stanton, Frazier, and Judge are all the exact same batter. They're the exact same batter. They're a righty. They strike, they strike out a ton. 
and they have to play the corner outfield. Well, Stan, yeah, here's the thing. Like, the Yankees have no flexibility. They need to change something. Something needs to change because this team is not good enough to win as is. We're going to have to see. It's going to be a long offseason. I think we're just about good. Bo, do you have anything else you'd like to add, Bobby? Um, I will add, Bo, um, thank you so much for coming on. Great insight. Loved having you, bro. Um, uh, I'm going to say I'll go back on this. Like I said, the Yankees just, you know, there, I think that they're a few moves away from really getting to the promised land and getting us back where the Yankees belong, which is the World Series. And with the World Series I, uh, this year, I just think it's, do- it's just do- the Dodgers' time. I think, yeah. it's, I think the city of Los Angeles has been waiting, has crowned a champion in terms of Kobe getting the Lakers getting a championship. And now it's time for the Dodgers to bring it home to Los Angeles. So I just think it's me. It's, it's destiny. Yeah. My final three points. I think the Yankees three hitters for the off season, lefty bat, bullpen arm, starting pitcher, of course, re-signed DJ. Boom. Guys, thanks for having me on. I would say my final point is that yes, this is the Dodgers year, mostly because the Rays will not be, not be good enough to stand with them. My final point is, is that the Yankees can be a championship team. Aces win rings, and the Yankees have Cole, and they have Severino. And hopefully somebody, somebody, somebody will step up sort of like what they, what they have now. And hopefully the Yankees can try to build. They can, they can right. try to build a more well-rounded offense, and they could make a juggernaut offense that will be able to score a lot of runs in October. And hopefully, hopefully the Yankees will have enough pitching that can last them for they can they can build off of a good season of developing pitching, and they can try to you know build a sort of a, a franchise or a dynasty going that way with the pitching. That's a, keep on pouring band aid upon band aid upon band aid on top. It's just not going to end well, and we're going to be looking at we don't want to see 2013 Yankees all over again. We don't want that. So, and we definitely don't want to see 2014 Yankees again. So, Absolutely you know, not. Stay calm. You know, the Yankees will go below the tax threshold this year. Stay calm. Don't do anything drastic. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully the Yankees will just be a fun team next year and they'll rely on their youth. And I think, I think Yankee fans will enjoy the youth and the pitching if they're actually given a shot. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate it. Bo, thanks so much for coming on. And he thanks did make so a great much. about Sevy. What Sevy are we getting next year? That's the biggest variable of anything because he hasn't pitched in a while. We'll be back in June and July. If he's big, if he's what we expect him to be, he's sliding at two to three. The Yankees will have enough pitching even if they let Tank walk and, and Paxton don't get Bauer. I think they can scrounge it together after that. But, um, Bo, thanks so much again. Follow him at Checkbo. That's his Twitter handle. Great Yankees insight. Thank you so much, man. All righty. So that was an eventful pop for sure. We talked about a lot of baseball stuff. There's a football games going on. So I think without further ado, we're about set here. Yep. We're, uh, we're all set. Very good podcast. Got a lot of stuff going forward. Yep. Personals, Julian Gallardi one on Twitter, Julian Gallardi 11 on Instagram. Personal Twitter is btomps81. Personal Instagram is bobbythompson81. All right, brother. Great chopping it up as always. We'll see each other soon. Absolutely. Have a good one, boss. You, You too.